Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast. You are joining us for episode 155, and today's episode is The Paleothyroid Solution with guest L. Russ. I am super stoked to bring her on. I met her two years ago at Paleo FX. We were on a panel as keto experts, and her and I really connected. Uh, we have a really similar approach to food as medicine and really just kind of a sustainable approach of understanding how to find balance in the body and the connection of the influence of stress on the body, specifically the thyroid. Yes. I still remember that panel you guys were both on and she said something like, if you want an apple, just eat the damn apple. And I was yes. like, yes. yes. She talked about carb cycling and keto and, and how that could be done you know, differently for women. And a lot of other people on the panel had, or some other people had different opinions. So I really liked her staunch. off the bat. A little uh-huh. staunch and myopic, if you will, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so we've covered the thyroid a little bit in past episodes. Um, back episode 23 was kind of a 101 intro level to thyroid health and using food as medicine. And then episode 80 was more recent-ish, but we figured, you know, we're about double that now. So we needed something else. But that that episode goes into more the stress um, thyroid connection, connection with autoimmune thyroid disease. So listen back to those if you want to dig in a little bit deeper. Yes. But before we get into today's episode and bring Elle on here, I'm going to give us a word from our sponsor, Crowd Cow. So Crowd Cow delivers the very best craft meat from farm to your table. What I really dig about Crowd Cow is you get to learn and have kind of an educational community experience through the process. You get to know about the breed, the style of the beef. You get to virtually meet the ranchers that produce the product, and you can continue to buy from that independent ranch. You can find by region as well as select by the diet of the animal. So I personally always choose 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef that is pasture-raised. And you can select cuts anywhere from dry-aged, grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef all the way up to the prestigious A5 Wagyu from Japan, which I've had the pleasure of eating three times, all of them semi-religious experiences. So if you're looking to indulge something worth the uh, investment. Go on over to crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. That's how you'll let crowdcow know that you learned about them from the Naturally Nourished podcast. It lets them know that their investment and sponsorship is worth it. So go on over to crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. When you go there via that link, you will also get $25 off your first order and free shipping. And I think it's really one of the best ways to treat yourself with guilt free nourishment over at crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. All right. I'll read Elle's bio and we'll get into our awesome conversation. 
L. Ross is an author, public speaker, and host of Mark Sisson's Primal Blueprint podcast. She's the fifth person in the world to be certified in ancestral health and is the leading voice of thyroid health in the paleo, primal, and evolutionary health movements. Elle is the author of the best-selling book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution. She lives in Malibu, California. You can learn more about her at elrus.com. So welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast, Elle. It's an honor to have you on here today. Oh, an honor to be here. Thank you so much. You know I'm a fan of your work, so I'm happy to talk to you. Yeah, we're super stoked. We've gotten, you know, of course, all of your formal stuff out of the way with your bio for listeners. And we've let listeners know past episodes we've done on kind of thyroid 101. And you and I talked on your show about the thyroid adrenal connection. So I know we'll unpack a little bit of fun stuff there. But I'd really love for you to share your story, if you don't mind, kind of opening in with your personal experience with hypothyroidism and what role that's played within your work. Oh, so much so. It's informed so much of my life and my current career. But basically, uh, I had to become my own subject expert because I was left in the dust uh, by over two dozen endocrinologists and experts and doctors. And I live in Los Angeles, which is like one of the best cities in the world for medical care. And no one could help me. In fact, they hurt me. And I suffered for two years undiagnosed. Um, I was told, you don't have a thyroid problem, you have this. I was misdiagnosed with things, and we can get to that, but essentially I was misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I do not have. Um, and the thing is, is that someone would say, oh, well, you know, was that, was that doctor a moron? I mean, how could they? The thing is, is that no, because if you looked at the ultrasound, it looked like the classic profile. The question that was not asked was, what caused this? Yes, and I why? didn't ask it either. Why? Why is a 30-year-old who's had perfect gynecological health her whole life, uh, why is she suddenly bleeding every couple of weeks? So what happened was, is I live in Los Angeles. I'm in the, the, the film industry and still am. But at the time I was going out for leading lady roles. And even though we have really much better body type representation in film and TV, TV now, back then it was like, you needed to look like Jessica Biel or Halle Berry. Like it was pretty clear that you needed to be athlete level of body and fitness. So that's what I did. And I sought out the best way to do that, which I thought at the time was the best way. But that best way was the zone and South Beach and the keeping the insulin steady false paradigm and the carbohydrate dependency and overtraining, you know, wheel that I was on. And so what happened was, is that one day I kept getting my period every couple of weeks. Now, one of the main symptoms, and there's 47 in my book and I had over 30, but one of the main symptoms that women or men too, but women, it can manifest itself gynecologically. So that's either infertility or miscarriages or polycystic ovarian syndrome diagnosis or weird bleeding. And what happened was, is the doctor, as you know, like a lot do, wanted to do a patchwork operation where it was like, here, take the pill. Oh, bled through that one. Here's another one. Bled through that one. Here's another one. Oh my God, Allie, I was such a disaster. By the time I went to all of these doctors, the only people that helped me were fellow patients online on a free Yahoo group that still mm. exists today called the Natural Thyroid Hormone Yahoo group. And they were the ones that sort of started to direct me into like what tests to get, what I needed to look for. And 
I am indebted forever to the leader of that group, Janie Bothorpe. She has the best website on stop, uh, called Stop the Thyroid Madness, which yes. is the best website to look for you know, thyroid information. She saved my life before she wrote the book or had the website by her and her moderators helping me. So you know, the best-selling thyroid books are written by patients for a reason. It's because we really know how it is. And unfortunately, the reason I was kept sick and undiagnosed and, you know, going to all these experts and getting no relief was they're steeped in 40-year-old outdated protocols and outdated thyroid wisdom, just as if you and I might be eating a steak together. And let's say we eat a little bit of the fat off the steak. It would be as if someone next to us turned to us and said, Ooh, aren't you worried about getting a heart attack? It's like, Oh my God, it's debunked. We, we, <laughs> that that's old information. That's the, and that's not the full story either. Right? So this is what's happening with thyroid health. And at the time, there were no podcasts. There wasn't even such a thing as ancestral health. So, you know, I was really on my own and I was left in the dust. And so many patients are, they go to hundreds of doctors, tons of doctors, this, that. And the one thing you can't get away with on this, which is the overall message is anyone listening who's struggling, you have to learn it yourself. That's my biggest message. That's why I'm here to teach everybody and help people understand it because it doesn't matter if you get a brilliant doctor, you need to know how this works, what it is, because 99%, in my opinion, from people I've talked to who take thyroid hormones, do not know how they work in the body. They just sure. take a pill and they move on. So that's really where I failed in the beginning. And to my credit, I couldn't have found any of it online really at the time. But when my doctor just tested one 1973 test and said, your thyroid's fine, just work out and eat less. I'm like, dude, bro, I'm working out <laughs> two hours a day. I'm eating like 1,200, like I know what I'm doing. And so right. you get accused of closet eating disorders. You get, or again, you have some hormonal imbalance and then they're going to try to patchwork and treat that where, Allie, and you know this, the thyroid is the master gland of the human body. It is in charge of the production and regulation of all of your sex hormones. End of story. It's actually the only fat burner is the biologically active hormone T3. So if you have subpar or very low, if you have very low, you might have horrific symptoms and be like me because I had nothing. Or if you have subpar, your life is not going to be good. And what happens is, is now you're in sort of a hypo disease soup that will beget more issues. You will get a disease or get diagnosed with something that you otherwise would not have gotten if you weren't in that state. So it's to everyone's benefit listening, whether your thyroid's been removed because you had thyroid cancer, whether or not you've ever had a problem, it behooves everybody to make sure their thyroid is in check and to do everything you can to really treat this whole feedback loop and this system like it is the master, because when it goes wrong, everything else will go wrong. Oh, I couldn't oh agree more. And, you know, the, one of the biggest things that I think can be so frustrating, you know, no one, of course, wants a disease diagnosis, but when you're going to your doctor and you're told time and time again that everything's quote unquote normal or you're fine, that can be even more frustrating when you know, as the, you know, carrier of your body, this being your vehicle that you've lived in for X amount of years of your life, that something isn't right. And that's, of course, a big goal of, the work we do, right? Direct patient empowerment and giving listeners and readers the tools to connect the dots and then come back and be their own advocate with empowerment of information. Yeah. And you know, on that note, I want to highlight, so 
part of my book, and sometimes a lot of the coaching I do is with couples. So imagine this, uh, it could go either way, but let's, because it's disproportionately a women's disease, uh, women will get it more often than men. Let's just talk about a scenario where the wife has it and the husband's trying to, you know, so now you've gone to 10 hundred doctors. Now your husband thinks you're, you know, a hypochondriac, right? You're not the same person you were. Now you're not only maybe fat and your hair is falling out and you have all these horrible physical symptoms, but it affects your brain. It affects your mm. adrenals. It affects everything. You become sensitive to light, sound, and smells. You're not fun to hang out with. I mean, I couldn't handle any amount of music or any kind of sense whatsoever. And I love essential oils and I love certain perfumes. I couldn't handle any of it. Um, uh, it, all of that stuff makes you a person that no one wants to hang out with me. Like you're not fun. Right. <laughs> and I'm not excusing people's behavior, but I'm just saying that. So now you've gone down this rabbit hole. You keep seeing these doctors. They do this, they do that. Nothing works. You're getting worse. You're still now imagine your spouse. It's been years and they're kind of like, who's this person that I didn't marry? And so it's very tough between couples. It ruins relationships. It has gotten people fired because it affects your brain in such a way. We have more T3 receptors in our brain than anywhere else. So basically people who deal with numbers, you know, I, there's a success story in my book who quit her job in accounting because she was too afraid to get fired because she couldn't even remember like her own address. Hmm. Um, you cannot get the, the words out right. You can't read a paragraph and retain it, even if you read it five times. So you become this literally accelerated aging, dumbass disaster. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. They're like, I had a friend who later apologized to me once I figured out what it was, because I too went through years of being like, you know, jumped on and left in the dust by doctors. And Later on, my friend called me, one of my best friends, and he was teared up. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I thought you were such a party pooper and like a downer. And I judged you. And I feel so bad because now we know, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a lot of the conversations um, because people, it does affect relationships, affect work relationships. And so in my book, I have letters to like an employer or to, you know, a spouse or to a family, you know, you need extra help. It may not be in your nature as a stay at home mom to like, let people help you. But yeah. at a certain point, and you know, this with adrenal stuff, you can't, you have to ask for help. You can't, you're not going to be the same person while you're healing for a while. You need to get breaks from everybody, including employers. So you know, it's it, on that note of just, you know, it's very tough because you feel like the hypochondriac doctors may, I had a doctor laugh patronizingly at me when I suggested testing B12 many years ago. <laughs> well, you're not surprised to hear that I did have a B12 deficiency. Are you? No, you're not because this is Lula. And, you know, I mean, I was really left in the dust. So I had to take my health into my own hands and literally become my own doctor. So what I did is I literally would use doctors for blood tests, not even listen to anything they had to say. And I dosed myself back to health twice in 10 years. I say wow. twice in 10 years because I'm one of the rare patients who started off on natural desiccated thyroid and we can get into details of all this, you know, later. And then it backfired on me and I had a reverse T3 problem. And then I was really left alone because when you have a reverse T3 problem that can't be solved, then you have to go on T3 only, which is the last resort uh, choice for treatment. Almost nobody knows how to deal with that. And so twice in 10 years, I was left in the dust myself to solve my own issues. Now, so not complaining. It is worth every moment I suffered, every tear, all the six years in my 30s that were just gone to shit because of this were totally worth it for helping people all over the world now, of course. But that's, again, impressing upon the initial message, which is 
I can help you. Doctors can help you. You have to help yourself. You might know more to help your doctor help you. You cannot just completely leave your health in the hands of doctors. Yes. And unfortunately, doctors do things sometimes just because that's the way they do things. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's up to date or clinically relevant. It's just the way they do it. So, well, you know, for example, I went to get, um, you know, in the US, we have insurance and, um, I, I go to my functional doctor, which is the doctor on my book, Dr. Gary Forsman of Middle Path Medicine. But because he doesn't take insurance, you know, I go to the local whatever doctor for the, you know, routine whatevers and some blood work. And I went to her with a list of suggested blood results from my functional doctor. And I said, hey, look, you know, I, I explained who I was. I said, I don't want to tell you how to practice medicine, but do you mind taking these tests because my doctor is two hours away and he doesn't take insurance and just be great to do it under one roof here, you know? And she looked at the list for a few minutes and she said, I have no problem ordering these. It's just that I don't know what some of them mean. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm very glad that she admitted that. But here's the thing, Allie, I'll bet you a gajillion dollars she didn't ever go effing look to see. Mm. Right? <laughs> okay? We know, oh I, I know this. I just, I can almost bet a million dollars on this. <laughs> and that is a damn shame, isn't it? And so, so that's great that she wasn't so much entrenched in ego, like unfortunately a lot of endocrinologists are. I've had doctors, um, there's one story in my book, just, I have so many amazing doctor stories, but one of them is where I went into a doctor with a patient who didn't speak English very well. This was just sort of someone who worked for uh, Primal Blueprint. And I, I knew they had a reverse T3 problem. I just, I, I was so suspicious about it. And so I said to the endocrinologist, listen, can you test reverse T3? And she goes, we don't test that. That's old school. And I said, all right, well, here's the thing. I just got over a reverse T3 problem myself, so it's pretty new school to me. All I'm asking is that you just take a test for the patient. Can you just take the reverse T3 test? And then this was her response. She said, well, fine, but I don't know how to evaluate it. And then this was my response. I said, did you just patronize me about asking you for a test that now we find out you don't even know what it is? <laughs> Do you see the insanity there? Right. Anyone listening, you don't even need to know what reverse T3 is. That's like me saying, Ellie, do not go see the new Transformers movie. And you're like, oh, why? Is it horrible? And I'm like, I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and this is the kind of stuff people What's are What's a Transformer? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, half the time, you know, a, a part of the coaching that I do is people calling me like, how do I talk to my doctor? Because there's such entrenched an ego. So you got to run when you have a doctor that's not willing to listen, not willing to read some material. And often, and as you know this too, you have to go outside of network to functional medicine doctors, anti-aging doctors, doc doctors of osteopathic medicine, truly integrative physicians. Sometimes these people are not, you, you need more than 15 minutes with a doctor and you need someone who understands the depths. That being said, not all of them understand reverse T3. So Again, back to the reason I'm a subject expert is I had to do it myself. Um, and so I had no choice but to learn it um, and, and, and understand it. And I want to just share with the audience that even though, you know, we'll talk about things like TSH, reverse T3, and it sounds biologic and complicated and ew, who wants to do math and science? I don't. Um, here's the thing, though, is that when you really look at it and learn it, it's so logical. It mm -hmm. really makes sense. You only have to understand it on a theoretical level to some degree to really know what's going on. And that only takes uh, uh, some kind of logic, <laughs> a little bit of logic. And over time, you start to really get it. But it's important that people understand it, particularly if you've been diagnosed. 
I love that. And let's dig in a little bit on reverse T3, actually, because I don't know that we've covered it that extensively on the podcast yet, maybe here and there in a couple of episodes. Um, Let's talk about reverse T3, what that marker would mean if elevated, why we should be testing it, and then maybe a little bit more around um, other lab markers, Al, that you found important in your detective work and, and lab markers we might be missing or, you know, what's on that list that you go into your doctor with and, and your wish list that you hope they run and you hope they know what they are? Sure. So I, I'll, I'll do maybe a little mini feedback loop because I think in explaining reverse T3, it's valuable. There's so many factors to this, but essentially here's what happens. Your brain has a little, well, it's a pituitary gland and we can consider it a sensor for now. Um, And when it detects that your blood is low in thyroid hormone levels, because you need them to live or else you'd be dead. So if you don't have a thyroid gland and you're not taking thyroid hormones, you're not listening to this because you're dead. (laughs) Okay. So you, (laughs) you have to have thyroid hormones to live. So when you're the sensor, your pituitary senses that your blood is low, it sends out a signal. The signal is called the TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. It's not a thyroid hormone. It's a 1973 test by which nobody should have their thyroid status assessed by just that test. That was the test that I was taken. And because it was within range, they said, great, you're doing fine. It is absolutely number one. If, you, if you're listening and all your doctor is tested as your TSH, they are uninformed and you need to run or educate yep. them. Okay. So the signal sent. Now, in a normal working person, the thyroid then wakes up and it produces most of a storage hormone called T4. And it also uh, dissipates some direct biologically active thyroid hormone T3. Percentages, not totally unknown, but maybe between 80 and 90% of T4 and you know maybe whatever, 9 to 20% of T3, it just depends. So what happens is, is it releases so much more of the storage hormone. And this is where people get confused because thyroid health is all about the conversion of one to the other. Mm-hmm. T4 is actually completely useless on its own unless it converts to the active thing, which is T3. And T3 is the only biologically active thyroid hormone. So TSH sends a signal, the thyroid goes, got the message, I'm dispensing a ton of T4, a little bit of T3. The goal being that throughout the day, as you need T3, the biologically active hormone, the T4 will convert as necessary. Now, before I go into reverse T3, let me just explain this. Why would it do that? Why doesn't it just pump out the T3, which is what you need. And that's the stuff, that's the stuff, that's the stuff that matters. So why are we bothering with this middleman of T4 and this conversion? And this is very important to understand as it relates to to reverse T3. T4, T3 is so powerful. The biologically active thyroid hormone, it's extremely powerful in a positive, wonderful way. But the storage hormone T4 almost acts like a slow release mechanism and the way that it keeps you from becoming hypermetabolic or in danger is it has a little bit of a like pullback emergency brake system, and that's called reverse T3. So TSH sends a signal, thyroid will pump out mostly T4, a little bit of T3 throughout the day. The T4 will be converted into the T3 as you need it, and whatever's not used is flushed out through reverse T3. Reverse T3 is the inactive form of T3. Why? Let me give you a couple scenarios. Let's say you have low body fat and you're on like an old carbohydrate dependent paradigm and you're training for a marathon, okay? Person like that can get a reverse T3 problem, meaning more of the T4 that they're producing is getting converted into the inactive form because the primal perspective of the body is like, oh my God, this chick is starving and she's running from danger. You know, like we're, we're not gonna give her any more of this fat burning 
thyroid hormone, T3, until she's out of danger. Same goes for someone who's starving themselves. You thyroid sick syndrome. A lot of people, look, that was probably my scenario, Allie. I wasn't satiated right. I was doing chronic cardio back then. I'm not saying that's what caused it, but hey, that certainly can. And so in that sense, again, what messages are you sending? Your body's always trying to save you. And you know this because that's what type two diabetes is, right? I mean, people might hate that they get really fat, but you wish you get fat if you have type two. You don't want to be skinny fat and have that in your blood. It's your body trying to save you by pushing into the fat cells. So your body's trying to save you with the reverse T3. And the same thing goes with, let's say you get bitten by a tick and you have Lyme. Okay. Body's like, "Uh uh-oh, inflammation, danger. Let's say you, uh, God forbid, get into a car accident and your leg is severed. Oh my God, danger. Let's not throw more of this fire onto a fire. We're going to dial it back. Same with stress because the stress response, as you know, with cortisol and fight or flight. So you could get a reverse T3 problem by just having lack of sleep, stressful conversations, going through a horrible divorce. That can ignite your thyroid to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to dial this back because something's wrong. Danger is nearby and until they're out of danger we don't feel safe continuing to give them this you know make them in a hypermetabolic state when they may not be able to handle it so that's the reason the reverse t3 is there now reverse t3 in general is a marker of wellness and unwellness in human beings for example morning sickness when you're pregnant it's usually a reverse t3 issue um, and you don't need to be on thyroid hormones or anything else to have a reverse T3 issue. You can just be a normal person and then get a conversion issue and be, get the thyroid problem because of, because of the reverse T3. So essentially the reverse T3, and, and this is the way we look at it. This is the, the best way to look at it. As the T4 is converting into T3, when it senses whatever threat, heavy metals, over-exercising, all the stuff we talked about, when it senses the threat and then it starts converting the T4 into the inactive form, reverse T3, this is the way to look at it. It's like, it's like reverse T3 is almost standing in front of the cells, not allowing the T3 in. So the T3 just drives around the office building, but never punches into work. <laughs> it's the best way to visualize yeah. it. I'm not saying any of this like exactly accurate, like there's a, okay, guards, but it's the best way to understand it. And so that's what happens. You can't get into the cells that's blocking it. So in a situation where you have a reverse T3 problem, if you keep giving the patient T4, you're continually giving them the thing that's not, that only T4 converts into reverse T3, Mm -hmm. which is why when you have a reverse T3 problem, that's not resolvable by natural means or some other protocols, which they are, but if you're like me and it's not resolved, and also too, you could be missing a couple of enzymes. There are genetic factors here where people are just poor converters, period. Or if you're missing a thyroid gland, that can be another issue where someone might need to go on T3 only or more T3. But the reason that is, is that T3 does not convert into reverse T3. It's the only thing that doesn't. Now, the reason it's the last resort choice, though, is now you are pulling the Jenga piece out of the feedback loop and you are a human being with a human brain trying to decide what you may or may not need at any given time. And so T3-only dosing is a pain in the butt. It's not recommended unless you have to go there, but it is a lifesaver because I've been on it for seven years and I don't know that anybody could be alive in that kind of scenario without it. Because again, T4 is the culprit there that's not converting. So the bottom line is this, it doesn't matter how much medication you give a patient. There are patients on thyroid hormone replacement that are still suffering and reverse T3 hypothyroidism is the same, if not hypo with a vengeance, uh, is the same feeling. 
The labs may look actually normal though with a reverse T3 problem. And so that's where a doctor might miss it if they're not testing it. And let me give you an example. I was helping a, a cousin's friend in Hawaii with thyroid stuff. And I said, go get the, you know, ask your doctor to test reverse T3. And he said, my doctor came back and said, they don't do it. I said, okay, well, just push her again. He did, and this was her answer. She said, well, we only test that like if you're in the ICU. <laughs> now, anyone listening, again, you don't even need to know anything about thyroid hormones, okay? Right. So if you're in the intensive care unit and you're about to die, and then they're like, oh, we got to test this thing. Hey, how about we test that before I get to the ICU? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's just logical. No one even needs to know anything about anything to just understand that, right? So why is that? Because it is kind of a sign of like heart failure in certain areas. I mean, they're, I mean, not like immediate heart failure. If you have a reverse T3 problem, you're not going to drop dead. Your body's going to try to save you for a long time. And, you know, but you will eventually because right. Allie, hypothyroidism is, let me tell you something. I look so much younger than I did when I was like 35 because I, it's such an accelerated aging. It's such accelerated glycation. Not to mention that when you have a thyroid problem, so you've got no metabolism. Now you have a terrible lipid panel because you're not processing fats. Now you've got high cortisol. You've got so many things that are antagonistic to lean muscle mass, happiness, um, weight, you know, weight and skin and hair and nails and all of those things. So you do, you like, it's, it's, it's horrible accelerated aging. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it yeah. really is. And that's what's happening. And then when people are like, Ooh, I am feeling dumber. I'm feeling like I don't care about stuff. I feel like I'm getting old. Yes, you are, but it can come back. All you need is the stuff you don't have. And you can get there through natural protocols, as you know, and that would be the first order of business. Yes. Let's do our best to get the endocrine system back the way that it should be working. And if yeah. it's not, and if you can't do that, Okay, but then at least you got yourself to some type of primordial baseline platform that's better than where you were before, so that if you need to go on thyroid hormone replacement, they can be metabolized properly. And as you know, going on thyroid hormone replacement is not always a life sentence. Some people, though, need to get there so they can get out of the hypothyroid state because nothing else really heals in that state. So you get yourself out of it, heal and clean up all the junk that happened that might have gotten you there, and then you can try to go off it and see if your own thyroid recalibrates after three months. I mean, there, it's not always a life sentence. So right. I know that was a lot, but if there's anything I didn't unpack there about reverse T3, um, let me know and I'll go over it. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting, Elle, is it's for the, for the docs that kind of get it. And I'm like making a gesture when I say that, you know, they, they'll say, oh yeah, reverse T3, it's a stress thing. And then I've had patients where, you know, they maybe will run that individual's cortisol or maybe they'll run another adrenal marker. Like maybe they'll run ACTH, which is mm -hmm. also for listeners uh, made by the pituitary as a stimulant to the adrenals to put out cortisol. Um, but then I see this disconnect of, oh, but cortisol levels were normal. So, <laughs> and, and I think that there's a disconnect that you can be in a state of adrenal insufficiency already in the burnout mode and still have an elevated reverse T3. Because again, as Elle's saying very clearly, reverse T3 is manufactured from 
T4. So that right. can be coming from your Synthroid or your, your synthetic T4 that you're taking in your medication or what your gland is producing. And yes, it does correlate and have connection with cortisol, but cortisol more directly interferes with the conversion, as at least as a circulating hormone. Um, the reverse T3 can go up independent of cortisol. Is, yes. is that all correct, right? And you That's totally correct. So, and here's what happens a lot of times. Someone will come in and they'll have, obviously, so when you've been hypo for a while, you often have adrenal fatigue. And the reason yes. is, is because your adrenals are like, uh we need to get this chick out of bed. So, so it's like, we need to get her out of the house. So it's over pumping energy, quote cortisol. It's often you have horrible sugar cravings during this time. I mean, I was like food addict level of horrificness during this because it, it breeds eating disorders because of the low T3 and the high cortisol issues. And then eventually your adrenals say, screw you and you're done. And that's when, you know, it takes like three hours to get your, you know, get your stuff together in the morning and even have half a brain. I mean, if that's happening to anyone out there, there's adrenal issues, but more oftentimes than not. So thyroid patients and adrenal issues go hand in hand. The adrenals need T3 to produce cortisol. Okay. Yep. So oftentimes a doctor will see a patient and go, oh, well, let's treat your adrenals. And they're like treating it for eight months and the thyroid is not getting better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of a mis that's a, that's a point where you're like, all right, we're doing all this other stuff. At some point you have to go to the next level. And there's a success story in my book that had that happen to her where they just kept trying to treat the adrenals in hopes it would bring back the thyroid. And then that didn't work. So that, that can be a losing game. The other thing too, is that if you have if you have super low cortisol, it, it's antagonistic to, to T3 getting into the cells. And right. I'm not even talking about direct T3, I'm talking about the T3 that's converted, right? So you have to treat both hand in hand. A lot of people, <clears throat> some, there are some people that have such horrible cortisol, they need to go on HC hydrocortisone. But for a lot of people, you can get there. Sometimes people think you could do it solely through herbs, not always the case. There always is ACE, adrenal cortex extract. That is something you can try as well if adrenals aren't coming back through other natural means. But essentially they go hand in hand. And what we see in those scenarios is that as the person is going up the ladder of getting optimized on whatever thyroid hormone replacement they're on, the adrenals respond and they normalize. I've had adrenal fatigue twice. I've had low testosterone and DHEA twice. <laughs> I mean, I've had everything twice because of these two bouts of hypothyroidism and I know how it feels and it's awful. Um, adrenal fatigue is, that's really where the sensitivity to light sounds and smells happen. And it's, um, gosh, it's, it's also such a sense of, you know, we can get into symptoms, but in general, hypothyroidism and adrenal fatigue is so overwhelming because just the thought of doing like one thing in the day makes you want to cry. Like oh, yeah. just the thought, you're like, I can't even think about doing laundry and going to the grocery store. Like it, you have no wherewithal for anything to handle it. And now, and you know, cut to many years later, I've, I've been in that state twice. Once you're normal, meaning unhypo, however you get there through natural protocols or okay, great natural protocols plus thyroid hormone replacement, you're normal. I can do it. I can work out five hours a day. It's not a problem. My adrenals aren't going to get screwed, but they'll get screwed like anyone else if I stay up all night and whatever. I mean, but that's just the normal thing that happens with yes. people. So, so, but I'm a normal person now. I'm not hypo anymore because I'm at a proper state of levels of free T3 and for what I need to function for me. And so I can tolerate extensive uh, exercise and caffeine and all sorts of things that I could have never back then either. So I just want people out there, you know, you, you might be hearing me and you're like, I, I suffered so greatly, Allie. I was like a hermit. I, I bawled my eyes out 20,000 times a day. 
I one point, and I've never been suicidal in my life, but I did have a thought uh, at one point where I was like, if I don't fix this soon, because I'd gone to all these doctors, I was like, if I don't find an answer, I, I might have to start thinking about thinking about killing myself because living in a body that's riddled with hypothyroidism like I had is unbearable. And when people hear about the symptoms, they go, oh, I get it. You're like, you're depressed because you get fat. No, no, no. <laughs> it literally, that's part of it. It's, it's not like a normal person who overeats on vacation or something and gets chunky and they're like, you gross, I feel fat. I have to lose weight. That would be lovely uh, for people who are suffering out there with hypothyroidism to just have that. This is unbelievable. It's unbearable to be in your skin. I just couldn't wait to go to bed at night so I didn't have to be awake and alive to experience it. I had skin thickening, which is disgusting and horrible as it sounds. And you would like, I'd bend my leg and it would feel like I drank 10 bottles of MSG. Um, your brain function. And also it does cause depression because we have more T3 receptors there. So onto a little bit of your work with like anti-anxiety diet, I never had an anxiety attack in my life. Didn't even believe them when people talked about them, you know, it's like back in the day. And then I had mine because hypothyroidism will induce it because of what it does with the adrenals. So people will get like, I had panic attacks then. Um, I never have had one since, but I, I had them and I understood what it felt like. Again, it breeds all of these things that the dominoes start to fall and then doctors are, yeah, you can give someone Xanax, but these are going to continue to happening until you resolve the adrenal issues and the hypothyroidism, you know? Um, and I had to get a polyp removed from my uterus and a fibroid because of this and have had perfect gynecological health since. I never had to go through any of that had they not just tested me correctly the first time, oh. you know? And so I'd really love to send that invoice to the doctor, <laughs> write me on the pill. Um, and, and, you know, I remember, and I talk about it in my book and this is TMI, but you know, there's someone out there suffering. I was hiking with a friend I had like terrible cramps and I thought, oh my God, do I have to like go to the bathroom? And I went over to the side and blood clots just fell out of my vagina. Like th there's no worse day of your life when you're 30 years old and this is happening to you and nobody, no matter how many experts you, it makes me want to cry right now because I still have moments where I am like, Oh my God, thank God. I'm, I'm healthy and normal again. Mm. Thank God. Because it's so bad. It, it's horrible to be in the brain and the body of someone who's riddled with it. Now there are people that just like get really cold for a couple of weeks, find the right doctor and boom. Oh my gosh. Lucky you. <laughs> Okay. Right. Most people, that's not the case. Um, and I, let me tell you something. I have a friend whose mother, I just learned like 40 years later, he's my friend from like high school and his mother's on Synthroid and she was never tested for Hashimoto's. She has so many horrible health conditions. She's gone to Mayo clinics and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars searching for answers for years. Literally just like a year ago, I said, well, wait, your mom has a thyroid problem? Hold on. And I had them check both antibodies. Allie, they were both sky high, the TPO and the TG Hashimoto's antibodies. No one had ever tested ever. her for Hashimoto's yep. all those years and nobody then knew how to do it. And she had zero free T3. She had zero. Mm -hmm. So, so here's the thing. Are all those things and the ailments over all the, I just knew his mom as being a sick mom who everyone thought was a hypochondriac at one point. Right. And then I'm looking at this and I just bawled my eyes out because a, I knew no one was going to do a thing about it. And B, she just, again, probably won't change her own lifestyle to, to help it along. And so, you know, things are missed. People suffer for 20 
sometimes 40 years, and it's really unnecessary. And on the same note, if you've been diagnosed and you're suffering and you want to try to fix it naturally, please go that route. But you can't be in that route for years. Right. You can't. Because you know what I'm saying? Because nothing can be done from that crappy platform of no metabolism. Detox stuff can happen, enzymatic processes, constipate. There's so many things involved, as you know. So at some point, and that's why I say it's not always a life sentence, but at some point, you know, I've, I've coached people where they're like, well, this has been going on for five years. You're, you're going to be hurting yourself further if for five years you've tried everything natural and done everything under the sun and you're still not better. Do not be afraid to go on thyroid hormone replacement at that time. And I want to make a note on that because a lot of people, as I was too, very scared of like, I don't want to take medication the rest of my life. I don't. Right. Nobody does. And I get that. But here's the thing. Everyone has to know. It's not really medication. It's giving yourself a hormone you need. Now, birth control, that's a medication. That's why it has 500 pages of side effects. It's because it's trying to do something to your body that it was not meant to do, and therefore, there's going to be issues. That's a medication. That's the kind of stuff we see on TV with all of the crazy disclaimers for you know, side right. effects. So thyroid hormone is not that, and I don't want people to be scared of that because it's just, again, it's giving you what your body needs. Ooh, and I want to unpack that as far as, you know, glandular compounds or nature throid versus synthetics. But before we go on to that, and oh, I also want to cover for sure the sexual hormone connection. But before we go on to that, let's have a word from today's sponsor, F-Bomb. So you guys know that I am a huge fan of F-Bomb since about two and a half years ago when I met them at my first keto con, they were a real food company. And I'm talking like three single ingredients making delicious nut butter packs. They started off with macadamia with coconut, which is my personal favorite, dry roasted macadamia nuts, raw organic coconut and sea salt. That's it. Uh, they have one with pecans, which tastes to me like pie crust, macadamia pecan. And they have now launched their nut butter packs into jars. Yes, and F-bombs are an awesome solution for on the go or anyone who travels or has kiddos as a quick one-stop shop of a high-fat, nutrient-dense snack that you can grab literally anywhere. Their oil packs are also awesome if you're dining out and trying to avoid crappy salad dressings and things at restaurants. And their new Keto Crunch and pork sticks are amazing. Really, really good texture, especially on the pork sticks. And those two mixed together are like a totally winning combination of a snack for kiddos or an adult lunchable type of snack. You can go on over to dropanfbomb.com slash Allie Miller RD. Again, that's dropanfbomb.com, Allie Miller RD. You will land on my picture and an explanation of why I love dropping F-bombs on the daily. And in context of today's episode, we have taught you guys whenever we're talking about hormone and we're talking about food as medicine, it all starts with quality fats, right? Fats make up our cell membranes. Fats are required for building hormone in the body, and that includes thyroid hormone production as well. So go on over to dropanfbomb.com slash AllieMillerRD. You will save 15% off on your first order and get to eat all of the goods at F-Bomb. 
All right, Elle. So let's talk, before we go into medications, I think, let's unpack a little bit further. So when you were first diagnosed, with, let's do the hormone, female hormone connection to thyroid um, a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole about what happens in this perimenopausal time with mm -hmm. estrogen and, you know, estrogen receptors and thyroid hormone. And also, I'm just curious, so when you were diagnosed initially with PCOS, did you have elevated hormone, you know, was, was progesterone suppressed? What was looking, what was, what were things looking like, I guess, on a lab uh, basis, or was it just symptoms that were misdiagnosed? Well, it was in the ultrasound. It looked exactly like the classic ring of cysts around, okay. uh, you know what I mean? So the, the gynecological ultrasound was uh -huh. the diagnosis from one doctor. As uh, on the same note too, they didn't, there was another doctor who was like, oh, you just need to take progesterone. And I was 30. And then I started doing that and made everything worse. Went to an acupuncturist. She was like, I know that doctor, don't take the progesterone. <laughs> and she's like, let's do some uh, acupuncture. And she goes, you might need to actually go on thyroid hormone. She was the smartest one out of the, all of them, of course, 3000 year old uh, <laughs> ancient Chinese wisdom. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, let's talk about, yeah, so estrogen. So when you have more natural estrogen before perimenopause or, you know, postmenopausal, it, it, it kind of can bind with some of the thyroid hormones. So there's people that have learned or have seen that as they reach perimenopause and or menopause, they, they need less of a dose than they once did before. That's kind of a little bit of a nuance. Um, I, I'm in perimenopause right now. I, though, take less T3 than I did years ago just because I'm more metabolically efficient and cleaned out a bunch of stuff over these years, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's part of the reason. I do notice, though, that I feel I need more from ovulation and on. The reason I would feel that, again, is because I have completely eliminated the whole reverse T3 loop. Like if you test my reverse T3 now, it's going to be extremely low as it always is because there's no T4 to convert into it. So, sure. so at this time, I sense those fluctuations and this is where T3 is problematic to dose. You have to be really intuitive and on it. Now there's some people, and I know some, some men on it where it doesn't change. I feel that there's fluctuations, um, not only just with food and exercise, but also with uh, that, which is why you really want this to work and get on a T4 T3 combo as the first choice of a thyroid hormone replacement versus have to mess with T3 if you don't have to. I would avoid it at all costs just because it's more of a pain in the butt. But I've noticed that from ovulation on, and I do now take progesterone cream, which was a lifesaver as a, a biohack I've done. Um, I've noticed that I do feel like I need more in the second half of the month, which kind of would make some sense with some of the hormones there, perhaps again, binding with receptors. And the only reason I would notice that is because I don't have T4 in there that's mm -hmm. doing the deciding for me. It's like, you know what I liken it to? It's um, like a diabetic who, type two diabetic who decides to go on insulin instead of change their diet and try to do it naturally and get out of that state because they'll just eat you know, candy and be like, oh, well, I'll just shoot more insulin. The thing is, is that, again, it's the human brain trying to decide. You want the organ to decide it for you. You kind of want the T4 to figure it out for you. I wish I had that luxury. I don't. And there's some people that don't. And that's okay. Um, and it's not insanely crazy to deal with. But again, it's just, it's, it changes over time. It's something you have to pay attention to. Where someone on a T4, T3 combo, again, if that day they don't need that much T3 or those two weeks out of the month, it won't matter because the T4 will just convert to reverse T3 as needed for that person. Does that make sense? Right, right. So it's putting the brakes and, and kind of can help to regulate the active hormone. 
Exactly. So, so that's one area. So people again have known, um, you know, over time that in menopausal, you might need less. And then if you're in an estrogen dominant state, you might need more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you lose body fat, you know, we think of it, so beyond the actual metabolic impact, and as you were mentioning, L, reverse T3 can go up if you're under eating. So I see that a lot with like my hypothalamic amenorrhea cases where they're either over-exercising or under eating and they're suppressing their hormone. And it's, it's the body, I, I really liken it to this concept of the body wants to survive and the body doesn't feel mm-hmm. safe. It doesn't feel fed. It doesn't feel safe to burn. Um, and, and that's a protective mechanism. Yeah, and that, again, it's like we have to understand that the messages through food, through uh, stress, through everything, exercise, these are the things that do affect how the thyroid's going to act and respond. So you need to send it all the right messages. Let's talk conversion. Um, so let's talk about, so most people when they're, when they're diagnosed with hypothyroidism and let's, let's hope and, and just say as an assumption that they've had, you know, they've been screened with their antibodies, all mm-hmm. looks well. Uh, you know, let's say, you know, free T3 is in decent space, but TSH is up and free T4 is low. And so their doctor's going to put them on, you know, levothyroxine or Synthroid to get, to get them kicked off. What types of things can that individual do to aid in converting T4 into T3 as far as supplement tools, uh, diet strategy? What are your kind of first go-tos? Um, there, there's so many. So, so many things affect conversion, like heavy metals, right? So again, how deep do you want to go with testing? Lime, heavy metals, EBV, there's lots of things that can, again, just cause general inflammation and effery in the body that would then maybe you know be antagonistic to conversion. But in general... Um, selenium and the form S-E-methyl-L-selenocysteine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a mouthful, but if you, uh, I know one brand, I'm not affiliated with them, but Life Extension brand sells that form. That's usually the most, uh, at least by the doc on my book, the most, the preferred form of selenium. And selenium is really responsible for that conversion. Now, cut back too many years earlier, I did a full spectrocell test when I was doing my own thing many years ago, and I was deficient in selenium. Mm. And I remember the doctor, like at the time, who didn't really know what they're doing. They're like, oh, well, here, take some selenium. And I, maybe I took it for a month and was like, whatever. So <laughs> right. here's the thing. So if you have, a, but if you have very bad digestion, which a lot of hypo people do, taking two Brazil nuts a day ain't going to do it. Right. And so people on thyroid hormone replacement, and in general, it's a great antioxidant, and you could probably tout and go on about how amazing selenium is. But often too, uh, at least uh, a lot of doctors have seen in patients where when you up the selenium, it can kind of regulate iodine status. So in, and let's get into iodine because yeah, people say that's look, so hot right now. Everyone's talking iodine all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's kind of almost like it's old news to me because here's the thing. You go online to look up thyroid stuff and you learn that iodine is a major component. So then what do you do? You go out and you buy iodine and then you're an a-hole because you screw yourself up and this happens. It's not good to do. You really shouldn't be taking supplemental iodine unless you truly know you've got a deficiency. It can cause bad detox symptoms. It can mess with Hashimoto's. There's lots of negative things. So, um, you know, I wouldn't do it without a doctor's advice other than you're getting the normal iodine through salt or a supplement or sea vegetables or shellfish or, you know, whatever natural means you can get it through is optimal. But also, again, getting that selenium sealed in 
helps with iodine status too. So which one came first? What do you treat first? Again, wouldn't suggest that anyone go out and take Lugol's iodine or any of the very strong stuff out there unless you know you've got a deficiency. And I certainly wouldn't take it ongoing for very, very long either. I mean, zinc is also a very you know important component to all this too, as with a million other minerals. So I think people just are too quick to see something online. I, get, I was guilty of it too. I, I did this myself, by the way. I mean, don't think I didn't make this mistake because right. I've made all of them. Um, and that was one of them. Now, in the event of nuclear war, Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you are taking a walking tour of Chernobyl, then yes, bring a bottle of frickin' yeah. iodine with you and <laughs> take it every day. That's different. You know, that's using it in a protective uh, way in an extreme circumstance. Astrophy, but for yeah. the most part, we get enough iodine, and especially if you're eating a healthy diet and doing it. So there's that. Um, and Back can to- I just call out L real quick? Because I think people don't get this. You know, again, the difference of T3 and T4 is an iodine molecule right? I mean, so uh, T4 has more iodine than T3. So if your issue is conversion, you likely would behoove of you to be working with selenium and zinc and B vitamins and antioxidants Mm -hmm. or iodine, which may further, you know, throw that gap of conversion off. Right. And there's two enzymes, deodinase, D-E-O-I, it's complicated. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, but deodinase, one and two, D1 and D2. These are two enzymes that are responsible for conversion. And there's an author who wrote the definitive book on T3-only treatment named Paul Robinson. And he um, also is a fellow patient who saved my life. He and Janie Botharp, I only really recommend their books on thyroid because they, they do know what they're talking about. And he discovered later, like much, much later, now we have all this genetic testing going on. You know, he, he, he's been on this, uh, this wheel for a while. He's older, an older gentleman. He's like 65. He recently, like a couple years ago, got the genetic testing and, and saw that the imprints from both of his parents was clear because he always had an issue. He could never tolerate T4, not just convert it. He couldn't tolerate. He still can't tolerate taking any T4. So he struggled for 20 years because T4 only treatment was the definitive way to go for endocrinologists and still is. And that is a total mistake. And we can get into that. But he, it was like, I mean, look, relationships were ruined. He's still repairing the relationship with his kids. It was a total disaster for his whole life. And all because he, he didn't, no one knew he had to go figure this out himself. And finally, and he's a T3 only patient and he finally got well on it. But and now he's been on it for more than a decade or so. And he wrote a book called Recovering with T3, which is amazing. But he really is missing these enzymes. So it made total sense in hindsight why he suffered all of those years. Some people are just poor converters. And it doesn't matter how much selenium. And it doesn't matter what you do. Because there's some other component here in his case and in some people's cases missing those enzymes, you know, or having the faulty, you know, uh, map of it to be able to convert it. So yeah, selenium is really important for conversion and thyroid health in general. I mean, if you, most people on thyroid hormone replacement should probably take two to 400 micrograms a day, obviously talk to your doctor, but you want to kind of do that for a while and then keep selenium in your life. I'm not converting T4 and I still keep selenium in my life regularly. You know, like yeah. I fractally dose it, but I, I take it. Let's talk a little bit, L, about um, kind of the medication piece of the puzzle. And sure. you've hinted to this several times, but let's talk about T3 only versus T4 versus combination and kind of how you had to really, sounds like be your own doctor there, but um, how would you advise that somebody who is 
hypothyroid and, and struggling take this on and figure out what works best for them? Well, first things first, I've heard from a couple doctors, including the one in my book, and he says this in my book, which is if you're on T4 only, which is Synthroid, it's a brand name, do not take Genero Levothyroxine. Do not. It's the only, only prescription out of all the cancer patients and everything my doctor sees that he will not prescribe generic. The only one. That says a lot. There's apparently, a lot of people on it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, according to him, it really messes with liver enzymes and wonky up and down thyroid results. So if you are such a person out there taking level thyroxine, switch it to brand name ASAP. Switch to the Synthroid. Not so the case with T3. That generic is fine. Okay. So there are really primarily four choices for thyroid hormone replacement. The first one is T4 only. The second one would be natural desiccated thyroid, which comes from chopped up pig thyroid gland, and it's generic all over the world. It's been around for over 100 years, um, and that is a combination of T4 and T3. The third choice would be the same exact combination as the natural desiccated, except for not from pork. So if you have religious issues or issues about having pig stuff in your body, then you could do what's uh, a combination of T4 and T3 together. So Synthroid and the brand name for T3 is Cytomel, just, but so T4 and T3. There's, there's one other, and then there's T3 only. Now there's kind of technically five. Those are the four. The reason I say technically five is for people that are super sensitive to possible fillers in the T4 and T3. Um, they might need to go to compounded, which just really removes all of the BS as much as possible for that patient. And then they are on compounded T4, T3. That needs to be prescribed by a doctor to go to the compounding pharmacy and do that. And I think sometimes it has to be refrigerated. I'm not sure what the latest is on that. That's sort of considered the quote cleanest. And that's for people who are like highly allergic or sensitive to these other things. So Natural desiccated thyroid for many years was the best option, but I'm going to say this now because I recently interviewed Jenny Bullthorpe, and in general, there's been lots of problems over the years with companies that make natural desiccated thyroid. For example, don't believe a doctor when they say it's unstable. It's not true. Each pill has exactly what it says it's going to have in it. That's just a dummy endocrinologist saying it's for pigs, not humans. That mm -hmm. is absolutely a false statement. However, Pharmaceutical companies have been jacking up the way that they process it, the way they make it, changing fillers, and that is effing with patients, okay? Mm. So, for example, NP used to be a really great option, and right now it's terrible. People are having major option uh, issues with this, feeling nauseous, feeling swings. So, you know, in fact, right now, if it were me at this moment, Allie, I'd say, well, Armour used to be the standard, then they changed their fillers and screwed up patients and were like, oops. And then doctors were like, all right, well, forget you, Armour, we'll go to Nature Throid, another right. form of desiccated. Then Nature Throid had issues with stocking and all sorts of stuff. So again, what would I refer, I think the best choice right now for someone to start off with, and again, T4 only can be good, but I'm going to explain why it's not really optimal and why it often fails people. If I were to tell you, I'd say you might want to go in a T4, T3 combination first versus desiccated at this moment in time, where I normally every day of my life would say, go right to natural desiccated thyroid. Uh -huh. It's just that right now, because of what's happening with fillers and all this stuff and the companies and patients complaining, I, I, you know, they know this happened to me recently with T3. I took a generic T3. I had weird bumps and things happening. I wrote a whole post on it because I was like, what's going on? I had exterminator. I did everything to figure out what was going on until I was on the East Coast for the summer and I had to fill my prescription and it was another pharmaceutical company and the bumps went away and I realized, oh my God, something in the fillers mm -hmm. with what was wow. in there's cornstarch in there. There was all sorts of other stuff. So who totally. knows? 
But either way, yes, if you're feeling something that's weird and off, it actually could be the medication. Because I'm not a sensitive Sally when it comes to skin. I've never had a rash in my life. I don't have such things happen to me, yet this was ridiculous. So now I realize that it was actually, and I remembered because I, in hindsight, I had taken a bite and it was like, oh, they changed the formula. This is chalky. This is weird. But I was just uh-huh. like, whatever. You know, I just didn't think anything of it. So that has been a problem. Those kind of things are happening with desiccated. So let's get back to T4 only. Okay. As I just described earlier with how the thyroid works, the thyroid in the whole feedback loop does not completely depend on conversion alone. So it's not endocrine mimicry to just give a patient T4. Your own thyroid is, when working properly, pumping out some T3. So it's not really true endocrine mimicry to do it that way. However, yes, can people thrive on Synthroid and T4 only? Absolutely. Would it be a valid choice often? Yes. But often endocrinologists are Synthroid Nazis and it's not the choice or years later fails people. And I believe it's because they're not getting any of the direct T3 or they're having some issues with conversion. So ideally you want to go on a T4, T3 combination like desiccated, but if not desiccated, then in the same ratios. Like for example, in one 60 milligram of armor, let's say there's 38 micrograms of T4 and about eight to nine micrograms of T3. That's exactly how you would do it with Synthroid, a little different, you know, Synthroid and T3, or you would do it exactly that way through a compounding pharmacy and they would just make it in those ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything can be messed with. You can be on desiccated and T4, T3 combination in a desiccated kind of uh, breakdown, but yet add T3 to your dose or add T4. There's so many different ways to do it, but essentially T4 only would be probably least optimal and often has failed people over the years, but can still work. If you do it, do Synthroid only, don't do the generic. Then there's natural desiccated right now, Armor and Naturethroid, probably the two better options. Um, If not at all, based on what I said, if that's an issue or a hesitation, then you go to T4, T3, meaning Synthroid and Cytomel or Synthroid N, generic Cytomel um, in the same ratios as NDT would be in. And then the last choice resort is T3 only. And that's when you've done everything you can to solve a conversion issue and you're still having an issue like myself. And then you go on T3 only. And I've seen frustrating enough, I'll often write coordination letters because I'm usually the first practitioner running antibodies, reverse Mm T3, free T3 on patients at all. And some of them have been on Synthroid for decades, right? Uh, and what I find is when I advocate for the add-on of a little bit of T3 that now, I mean, outside of scope, but I have to just say research supports a dosage of, (laughs) because I have seen also that, that, that confusion, I guess, of that like five to one ratio. And I know that everyone has some individuality within that, Mm -hmm, but where T3 will be brought in and overdosed right off the bat. So then, you know, their free T3 skyrocketing, they're dealing with insomnia. And then the doctor's like, whoa, T3 doesn't work. And they, you know, all or nothing. Okay. I'm glad you said that. They don't know what they're doing because this happened recently to someone who wanted to go on T3 only because of some issues. And here's the thing. They basically had no T3. They were only in like 30 milligrams of armor at the time, which is very little. So that's only like 4.5 micrograms. The doctor's like, here's 25 micrograms yeah. <laughs> uh, twice a day of Cytomel. That guy would have been running to the hospital thinking he was having a heart attack and he might have had a heart attack. Yeah. So doctors really don't understand T3 only. And they're also very scared of direct T3. I don't take slow release T3. I'm not saying I don't believe it. It can work for a lot of people, but it's a little bit, it's better to deal with when your dose of T3 is very individual and it can peak 
when you don't want it to. When you take direct T3, it kind of peaks and dissipates within four hours. That doesn't mean you fall off a cliff after hour four, Allie, right? You know, it's just that it's fast acting versus slow release. But I do a tailored dose strategy. Like a lot of people, you need more in the morning sometimes and you need the rest of the day. So to be able to use direct T3, that's really what doctors are scared of and don't understand too. Right. So they don't understand T3. And like you said, then they ramp it up high. There's some clinic in LA where people go to for these problems. And the way that they jack up, because they, uh. they go by the... Um, what they call it, Wilson syndrome. And they, they go by this protocol that's too fast, too much, and it doesn't feel good and it's not right. right. It also, in those moments, you're messing with cortisol. We are really Goldilocks, right? Not too hot, not too cold in every way. And that you don't want to swing hyper because while people might think, oh, it's the fat burner, hyper, I'll just burn a bunch of fat. No, you're actually going to have higher appetite, pooping all the time. And also too, it just isn't really bad for your heart. Um, you want the minimum effective dose. So, and I'll rattle off and, you know, I have a free thyroid guide on my website, although, you know, you're an expert here too, but it has a list of like how to find a good doctor, some great patient to patient form resources. It has every test you need to take. It's also very important that everyone gets tested for both of the Hashimoto's antibodies. Too yes. often doctors just test one and you can be positive for one and not the other. And you really need to know both because one is more problematic than the other, which is the TG thyroglobulin antibody. If you had to choose one to have, that wouldn't be the one. So you don't want to miss something there and that gets missed all the time. So I'll rattle off the main six, just the main ones, which is TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, the two Hashimoto's antibodies, TPO, thyroid peroxidase antibody, the second one, TG antibody, thyroglobulin, peripheral tests, ferritin, B12, you know, um, maybe a full comprehensive iron panel, vitamin D, and a bunch of other stuff that you already know and preach, I'm sure. And again, that's just where you start though. Do I have an issue? Then you can go into, okay, what caused it? What else can I look into that might be antagonistic to my thyroid feedback loop and this whole program? And then you go, then, then that's the path to wellness. Now you're on that road. You can't be on that road until you get tested properly. When I had a, a reverse T3 problem, literally had one doctor just go, well, we just need to give you more armor. <laughs> and I said, dude, you don't understand that. That's like literally holding a gun on my head. You're, right. you're going to be, you're hurt. That's hurting me. You're going to hurt me. And I had doctors tell me, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. I don't prescribe T3 only. Now here's what's messed up, Allie. If you were to go to look at Pfizer and I put this in my book, if you look at who makes Cytomel, it's in their literature that says for people who have an issue converting, you can use this. So hello, doctors. This pharmaceutical company is even telling you that this is also used for that. And it can also be used to treat depression. Oh. Just a little T3 can really help someone. So if you have any anxiety issues or depression, you just have thyroid. Oh, you have a terrible lipid panel. You need to stop eating fat. Test the thyroid. Mm -hmm. Oh, your blood pressure is high. You need high blood. Test the thyroid. Because- all of those things are off. And so the fact that, I mean, if I can implore on every psychologist to never prescribe a damn thing again until they have assessed the thyroid, they need to do that first. Absolutely. First. Because then you'll take Prozatic and it won't work after three months. Mm -hmm. It won't work because you never got to the root. I know you know this problem. <laughs> so um, love it. was a good rattle offer of all those tests. And again, you could just go to my website and click free thyroid guide and you know download that. 
We'll certainly link the guide direct in our show notes. And again, we're talking to L. Russ, the Paleo Thyroid Solution. I've loved the entire conversation and I could totally pick your brain further. But two things, I, I want to ask you first our formal question that we ask all guests. And then I want to definitely give listeners an update of all the things you have on your plate and things that are coming in uh, the close and opening of the new year. Uh, but first question 24 hour recall. Being dietitians, Becky and I always have to ask the guest, <laughs> what did you eat yesterday? And, um, you know, so from when you woke up to when you went to bed, I, I know we didn't get to unpack too much food stuff, but with the Paleo Thyroid Solution as the name, I think that uh, listeners could get a good idea on your, your food perspective. But what was sure. yesterday's intake? Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you about yesterday, but today it's three o'clock right now as we're speaking. Um, I have not eaten anything except for one scoop of unflavored grass-fed collagen and water. I already went swimming. My brain is on fire. I usually don't eat until about two or three. Um, however, if I'm hungry, I will. So yesterday, similar thing. I didn't really eat until two. And then yesterday I was craving raw fish like nobody's business. So I did go to a sushi restaurant and I got a ton of salmon roe, which is grosses a lot of people out, but it's one of my favorite things oh, in the world. Yeah. And I got salmon sashimi and some yellowtail sashimi and, you know, just did a whole number on that. And then I also did eat like an entire package of blueberries and that's probably about it. But I did eat a lot of fish. Um, I'm going to, as an experiment, do carnivore here soon. I'm just getting blood work in a few days. And then I'm, I've been kind of weaning down. I'm really super low carb. I have never been a person who likes breakfast. However, I always say, do not force intermittent fasting. And when you are hypothyroid, do not do it. Here's the general rule of thumb. Nothing, nothing going to be right until you get on hypo. So the best you can do is just clean out the cupboard and clean out what you're putting in your mouth that, you know, mouth to anus program. It, it, you got to clean that out. And then you still may not get fat adapted and you may not understand what that feels like because you still have low free T3, but at least you're headed there. At least you're helping it along the way. So um, that's part of it. And so, yeah, that's what I ate yesterday. And for the most part, again, I don't really eat until maybe like 2 p.m. Again, just not hungry. But if I am, like I got woken up, we have peacocks in the neighborhood and I got woken up uh, a couple weeks ago, a week ago or so, like three in the morning. I was like, who's this thing honking outside my window? And I just couldn't <laughs> go back to bed. And the thing is, is that that morning around 10, I was hungry. I don't go, oh, well, L doesn't eat till three. No, right, on that right. day, I, yeah, that day I listen to my body. I, so I eat when I'm hungry. Yeah. But it just generally does correspond to like a six hour or eight hour eating window of the day. And I feel best when I'm fasting. Awesome. That sounds like a great day with all the salmon roe and sashimi and you're getting your iodine and other minerals Holy. in there. So I love that. Yes. And I'm going to cook up some calamari steaks today and I'll yeah. probably have some olives on there and pour some <laughs> olive oil over and do like kind of Greek style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, but I eat a ton of ribeyes and a ton of meat and a yeah. uh, ton of bacon. Uh, I love it. All good things. Awesome. So tell listeners, this has been such a fun conversation and I'm sure Allie and I agree that we could talk to you all day, <laughs> but for the sake of your time and our listeners time, um, we'll have to have you on again to dig into all the things, but tell listeners where um, they can find more information and um, any new projects that you've got coming down the pipeline. 
Well, I'm really excited because just literally probably a few days after this airs, I will be putting a new book up on Amazon for sale. It's a self-help book, um, although you can find The Paleo Thyroid Solution also on Amazon, and that's been a bestseller for years, and it's doing really well. Um, you can go to lrust.com and, again, click on the free thyroid guide, or if you want to inquire about coaching with me or contacting me. And then every Monday, I'm the host of Mark Sisson's Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we, like you, interview mind body experts and just trying to you know one of the things i was trying to do with the podcast is we can talk biological health all day long but there's also another component and you know i don't know about you but when you suffer through something a health journey it sometimes your attitude suffers and so you know you, you need to kind of get back to being in a different state of mind and um you know so so that's really my goal but my next book i'm really excited about it so it's not a diet or a health book although there is uh, a wonderful quote from you in it yeah so people should be looking forward to that and there is a little health section in there because again in order to be confident and happy and successful and loving life you do have to look at the food and what you're putting in your mouth and that's why i reached out to you for a quote in there as well so there is a little section but for the most part it's about uh it's a self-help book so i'm really happy to share that with the world here in a in a few days and um that's it and then always talking thyroid so you know that's that will be forever and i am so grateful because you know, and you know it too, when you've just been able to change one person's life, you know, it's great to sell books. But when I published, when Mark published my first book, The Paleothyroid Solution, I didn't even care at that point. I was like, if I can just help one, it just, even if just a few people out there, if it turns their life around and, you know, it turns out now it's thousands. And so worth every bit of the struggle, Allie, worth it. Yes. And L, I know that even just listening to today's episode is going to help thousands more. So we can't thank you enough for your time today. And we will be sure to let all listeners know where to find you. As always, we'll put in the show note links, the download guide that L talked about, as well as of course, her website and a link as soon as it drops to the new book. We can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.